thing off before I uh, run out of time here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. Another episode of the Beer Engine Podcast. I am heroically uh, battling through uh, the coronavirus 2019. Have you heard of it? Um, just barely hanging on. Uh, I'm actually pretty well, pretty well put back together. Um, but Tony, uh, uh, you know, I just, I just went through this for the last four or five days. What are you jealous? Did, did you not get to meet the celebrity? Have you not gotten to meet the celebrity yet? Are you wishing you got to like shake hands with the, with the big man that's been been out there greeting, meeting, and greeting most of the world, or, or are you just you're just fine? You just don't like him. You're just passing. On. Look, this is one of these occasions. I know I do a podcast. This isn't. This is hard for people to understand, but I, I think you understand it. This is one of those occasions where being an introvert really pays off, and not wanting to sure. go anywhere and just hang out by yourself. You don't have to meet these people you don't want to meet. And in this case, for once, our intro was accurate. They are warm sounds. I can see the coronavirus warmly coming off your breath as we speak, <laughs> causing a red hue in your room. Um, clearly, That's you're right. burning it's, up. It's out here. It's a little It's a little, little red thing that comes out of you. Yeah. Um, now, most of my symptoms have, have subsided. I, I know. Yeah, I know. I, I see it. It's got this... Uh, it's um, this light I bought. I bought this. Uh, I bought this little um, desk lamp, and it shines bright red on my face. It's amazing. You, you say it's the desk lamp. I say that's the coronavirus. I'll put it up in the Discord for people to see. Wonderful. You're uh, welcome. The yeah, they they're gonna love that. The um, uh, I did have the bad fever. It was uh, not. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I hit. Uh, I think the highest I hit was one hundred and one. Which isn't horrific. Sounds and then, like a radio um, station, 101. It was 101. Point, Kelly made that joke. It was 101.1, <laughs> uh, Q101, I believe, on in Chicago. Would, would have been Q, would have been 101.1. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, uh, most, of the, most of the congestion is gone. As you can tell, I have a slight cough that like mills about uh, here once in a while. Tony, my least favorite part of it. Okay, I have two least favorite parts of it. Two. One. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna go with two. Number. Uh, hell, we can even do a top three. Top three. What about we'll an honorable mention? About while we love a top three. Can I do an? Can I get an honorable mention? Uh, honorable mention is isolation. Um, the uh, no, just uh, the actually the uncomfortable sleeping. I, oh. uh, I I just didn't really enjoy sleeping. Was less enjoyable especially while i was heavy sick on saturday and sunday uh number three would be the isolation that was boring uh i i really i was i've been in this room which is a small room watching tv on this laptop that i'm looking at you on uh uh pretty much having to suffer through anything i could find at hbo max talking to talking to my wife over um over G chat or whatever, and her having to leave like food outside my door. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. 
what did it feel like essentially being in my well? Because that's what the well is, buddy. I mean, and you can go, but you can go and do and like walk around and do stuff, right? I no, mean, we, no. You go out for you go out for walks every day. Yeah, but it's a hell of a journey oh, no, to when, get to the top of that well. Was, when it was going on, when you mean like during COVID, when you no, guys I mean like when I lose the game and you put me in the well is what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, when you're in the well. Well, I didn't have nearly as much porno, bro. I was I was way. You have the internet at your fingers. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, and that, that, I, maybe that should have been my honorable mention is I could not, I was not horny, just not <laughs> there, that I could not kill time by jerking off because there was not any interest. My dick was, my dick was hiding. There is no, no my dick was not interested in getting involved in this, in this, uh, in this issue. Um, yeah, it was not good. Um, Number three, I was having horrible stomach pain. That was that was that was a new part of it that I hated. I did not enjoy the stomach issues. Uh, um, uh, so what do I have? Isolation, stomach issues. Uh, what about sphincter issues? Any problems with the? Um... Uh, I didn't have any issue. Honestly, that thing was too. It was too alive. It was <laughs> it was a big problem. Um, Number two would have been um, uh, oh shit I, I don't remember I should have wrote I should have written this down I guess uh, I would say the, the the fever feeling of at all times I, that feverish chills feeling you don't want that that no. doesn't feel good had that for two days and then number one Tony I did not want to drink one single sip of delicious West Coast IPA or Pilsner or anything oh so no just no interest in it didn't want any of it. Uh, didn't, didn't get anywhere close, just drank water and occasionally fizzy water to try to like settle my stomach down. Um, and, and that was it. So, uh, that's, that's just, it's just an unpleasant, uh, unpleasant experience. The, the, the tummy trouble was really uneasy, but that's subsided. Thank God. Kelly managed to avoid that. I was sort of jealous. She was just, she just had a head cold pretty much. Oh, I would she say I'm lucky that uh, due to what due to this here getting vaccinated and stuff, I uh, and the Omicron thing being relatively lighter, I, I got away with only about two, two and a half days of really feeling shit. So yeah. maybe not even. I would say two days of of feeling like shit, and then and then the last couple of days have been pretty much fine. Today I'm like whatever normal. Um, still not drinking, uh, waiting till I cross a couple more thresholds before I start, uh, pounding beers again. Um, but I bet by the weekend I'll be back on the, uh, back on the horse here. Uh, Tony, how's your week been? Uh, delightfully uninfected, I assume. At this point, yes. So who knows with, with the surge that's going on, but, um, yeah, unaffected, still putting in the miles, actually getting out going for a walk, not seeing anybody on those walks because it's too fucking cold for anybody well, else to be out walking. But yeah. Um, yeah, All right. very How uneventful week for me. Uh, wandered past the brewery. The work continues on there at uh, Mafco Brewery. Mafco. Yep. Yeah. How are they doing? Yeah. They, are the tanks going yet or nothing? No tanks yet. Uh, they're just getting their tasting room, which is sort of off the side of the original building built. So 
That'll, that'll be good. And they're putting in their car park already because I think they'll be using that for construction and staging for construction for stuff like tanks. All right. Do yeah. my jaw hurt from eating? I ate some, uh, I ate some, I, I've been trying to eat relatively tame food just to make sure my stomach stays on the right track. And we had these mahi burgers in the yep. freezer uh, from Trader Joe's. Bro, they were fucking so tough. Um, <laughs> my, I was like gnawing on this thing. I felt like Homer in that episode of The Simpsons where someone's talking about like at, at the old folks' home they liquefy Grant Grant. Uh, they break or no? He says they basically they basically uh, blend up his food and feed him. And Homer is cutting the steak, and he's <laughs> he's like. Or no, they said they basically chew his food for him. That's what they say. And he's cutting up the steak, and he's like, working my ass off while we're here. <laughs> and that was pretty much what I was doing. I yep. was <laughs> having a gnaw on that bitch, And uh, now my jaw is actually literally fucking sore from having to eat the fucking thing. Well, when you um, get back on the food train and you're still in isolation, can I rec- recommend, I think it's a four-part series, um, on the Munchies YouTube channel, Munchies is I think an offshoot of Vice, um, and they okay. did a okay. re- recent four-part series on Vegas, and only oh. only two of the four episodes I think were based on the strip, and even the ones based on the strip included stuff like the Golden Steer, like the Peppermill sure. Lounge, yeah. some of those tourist traps, but got off track off the strip. Um, got to Chinatown in Vegas, and I would just be mm-hmm. interested in your thoughts as a local. Had you been to some of these places, and and where do they stack up in your opinion? Did you ha- did you remember any of them? Uh, the Tiki Lounge, Golden Tiki. That's yeah. a good spot. Yeah, Gold- I've been there. Golden Tiki. Um, that's the only one that's by the one name you can I can pull out of your brain. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it, it was right. four episodes long, but it was a good sure. It was not just like fancy steakhouse, fancy steakhouse, fancy. That's good, steakhouse. yeah. Like they did do a buffet. They did do bacchanal, which I'm sure you've done at some point. That's a, that's. I haven't. I've never done the bacchanal. I'm not. That's a, good. I'm not a Tony. Is gonna. I think I know. I sh- I'm supposed to do it, but um, I, I've. I think I've said. I'm not sure I've said this before, but I'm not. A, I'm not a buffet. I don't know if I'm a buffet person for. But I know the buffets are different now. So I may enjoy the new bangled style of buffet where they just bring you food, which I believe used to be called a restaurant. But that's uh, not what's going on now. It's, it's kind of back to what it is. The difference, I would say, at Bacchanal is if you want one dish that's quality, you'll probably still get your money out of it. Where most buffets, you have to put pizza and everything all on one plate together to sort of mishmash yeah. this crazy dish together. The individual dishes at one of those high-end buffets is fine, but, like, just – I've i been there. It was good. I wouldn't have to do it in COVID times because the amount of COVID assholes that are around in Las mm-hmm. Vegas at buffets is not something right. I want to take on. A lot. For the quality of food that you're mm-hmm. getting. But, like, for the amount of money you spend, at some buffets in Vegas you get value for money. Not most, sure. not all, but some. And I know I have friends that swear by the wind buffet. They are they are dead set on the wind buffet. I like the wind buffet for one reason and one thing only, and that is what the is crab it? leg 
crab legs because the thing that they do at win is, is they bandsaw the crab legs so that all you have to do is pick the meat out of the middle. You don't you have to crack it. You just pick the meat out the middle, yeah. Yeah. And yep. you just get yourself a pot of butter. Like, you can eat 50 bucks worth of lobster. Well, I can. I can put that shit away. So, therefore, sure. that's worth it to me. But 50 bucks worth of lobster isn't even very much. You can, you could definitely do it. Yeah. Yep. No, it's, it's, I was going to say uh, that um, I, I think the best thing I ever saw at a buffet, the smartest move was, and I felt so stupid over the years, but being at the M buffet years ago, and I just saw these two ladies just housing like a, a eye, eye height, um, eyeball height uh, plates of crab legs and oysters <laughs> and i'm like oh that's what you're supposed to do that's the way you make this worth it is you just eat uh like 90 dollars worth of crab legs that's yes perfect that, right. why, that am is I eating, do it. why am i eating this dog shit you know um now there Tony, was i wanted to, oh yeah there was got? one like it wasn't included in the series but there was a vegas shrimp truck that they did directly after the las vegas shrimp shrimp truck yeah, it's shrimp on a stick. Uh, it's it's Nick's shrimp. So that's a new one to me. I'll have to hunt that one down. Yeah. So you'll have to check Nick's. that out. They they do these ginormous skewers of of shrimp, but they do like they call them shrimp rolls, but they're poor boy rolls. Um, they look delicious. It's a it's a poor boy. It's a po' boy. Yeah. With uh, fried shrimp and stuff. Mm. Um, not sure whether it's fried. I think it could be grilled. Which grilled is the way grilled shrimp. Okay. That they're just cooking off the skewer. I gotcha. That makes sense. Um, boy, I'm missing all my, I'm missing all my joints. Cause with Corey's clothes, all my food trucks that I like to go to are not as available to me. So my Hawaiian tacos, I love my Hawaiian tacos and my, uh, my Signora, Signora pizza. It's like the best. Um, Neapolitan style pizza I've had in town. It's so good. Um, none of it. I've been eating fucking, uh, you know, hard ass fish patties and whatever. It's <laughs> dog shit. So have I'm you been hungry a- again, Tony? So that so that's a good sign. I'm, my, it, my at least my uh, at least my hunger is coming back. It is. So are you ordering in places or are you just eating from the freezer kind of thing? Is that nah? I've been trying to eat at home because I, I'm trying to keep my stomach safe. Yesterday, I did we did treat ourselves because I was like starting to get hungry again and I was just craving something else other than what we have, which is you know mostly <laughs> you know chicken breast and right now because I, I we have like some fun stuff, but I'm just not going to make it right now. Um, so we got some uh chicken, some raisin canes. Uh, oh, and uh, had some of that. That was pretty good. That, I like that. That is one of those chains that when I went to it, I thought it was so underrated. Like they just yeah. essentially do one thing, but they do it right. It's chicken fingers, mm-hmm. and that's all they do, isn't it? I didn't. They're good. It. Yep, and that's it. They make those and some fries. Yep. Uh, they're not greasy. The sauce is good. You only make one sauce, and everyone's like, "Why don't they have more sauces?" I'm like, "Well, what's wrong with this sauce?" Yeah, they don't fuck it up. Yeah. It's a good sauce, and they don't make you feel bad, which no. is nice, you know. I, I was um, surprised at the quality you get there. When when people talk about the chicken sandwich war that went on, I'm like, but chicken fingers are, like, just as good, but without the bread at Raising Cane's. 
Keep it simple. Right. right. They might have a sandwich, though. I'm not sure if they do a, a finger sandwich or not, but maybe not. Beats me. Um, hey, Tony, I wanted to bring up a little basketball talk. Absolutely. Um, nothing, nothing interesting is happening in basketball, um, in my mind anyways. I, I didn't see anything. No, but, it's all just uh, for, trade talk that's not going to happen. I was... Uh, I, I found a very po- optimistic. St- I was looking for some feel good stuff because I'm sick and all, you know. And yep. I saw Aaron Baines is going to play basketball again for the um, Brisbane Bullets. For the Brisbane Bullets, so you'll have Aaron Baines back home. Are you excited to? Are you going to? You going to go out to Melbourne catch him in a in an action or no? Unlikely. I I've only been to one football game this year, so the chances of me going to Melbourne to watch. An NBL game, and I don't even really follow the NBL because they're a good development league, and it's a perfect yeah. um, stepping stone for him because he's playing against guys that are proven talent for being a proving ground for guys. So if he can average ten and ten, um, yeah, he'll be he'll be ready to go back. Yeah, it is a good way to prepare him for the um, the NBA because, of course, he had a serious injury coming out of the Tokyo Olympics. Was yep. it Tokyo Olympics? Yeah, with his spine so. and um, hasn't played basketball since. So that is a positive um, story and I hope Bainesy gets back because not only is he a great or good basketball player, a solid NBA um, league player. Good, good NBA player. Yeah. yeah, but he is a, an absolute champ of a bloke and, um, yeah, I, I wish him the best. He's one of those yeah. guys that you just want to see succeed. Yeah, nothing else happened other than I saw a YouTube video of Dyson Daniels and somebody posted like the the NBA ain't ready. And I <laughs> really? was like, I, I didn't I didn't really watch the video. The NBA um, is it ready. It was like him him shooting threes, but it's one of those <laughs> things that I always hear about. Like people post uh, people post them getting on the plane and they're like Vegas ain't ready for us, and I'm like. All right, you're gonna what drop a hundred bucks at the blackjack table right when you get there, yeah. lose and. Drink twenty-two beers and pass out. I think we. I think we can handle it. Um, Dyson Daniels is going to be six man, seven man. Right now, that's what yeah. he's ready for. The league's ready for those kind of players. At We're where ready. he was picked in the draft, that's exactly where you want him to be. This is not going to be a guy that revolutionises the league. This is not some guy with outstanding talent. He's going to be fun for me to watch as an Australian who doesn't see that many Australians in the league. But if you think this dude has a shot at Rookie of the Year, you're sadly mistaken. Who was that feller? Um, did you see? This is slightly related, but unrelated. Um just other rookies saying silly stuff. Did you see that fellow, the Arizona player, Matherin, was like, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, we'll have to see if LeBron's better than me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kiss LeBron's feet. We'll see if LeBron's is better than me. And I'm like, all right, all right, you, you've, I mean, you I haven't guess, had a serious NBA I mean, who's, position. Doesn't he play for who's he at Sacramento? Uh, Matherin. Yeah, I'm not sure where Matherin is. I don't think he's at Sacramento because um, I thought he was picked in the he's first at, round. Uh, he was. Oh yeah, no, because Sacramento took uh, what's his face. He's at um, Indiana. 
At so I guess that right. gives a reason for it gives LeBron a reason to care against when for some reason when they play Indiana in <laughs> December or something. Yeah. So look out! Look out, Indiana, on when the Lakers come to town in in the on a cold night in December eighteenth or something like that. As a Chicago fan, how yeah. do you feel right now about the Pacers? Because they're not looking good this year. And surely mm-hmm. that's got to bring you some joy. Yeah, I hate Indiana. Indiana and Detroit can fuck right off. I mean, I don't, I don't have any, no love lost between me and Indiana and and Detroit uh, Pistons. I, I don't give, I don't, I don't give uh, a care for neither of those teams. I have a friend who is a big Purdue fan, and now he's like, oh yeah, I gotta root for the Pistons now that Jaden Ivey's with them. Like, <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Is this the same friend the that was worried about him going to Sacramento? Yeah, it's it's Kyle, who's actually one of our listeners. But um, he uh, he um, he twisted his ankle, and I immediately am texting Kyle. I'm like, oh, looks like Ivy's out for the season. Twisted his ankle. <laughs> oh, good well, stuff. I, in Detroit, I'm like, is it a good sign when you bring half of your roster to the summer league? <laughs> That's probably not a good sign, right? Because uh, – you may be it, – it doesn't mean that – I mean, it's a good – I'm not saying it's a bad idea, it but it doesn't mean it's going to be any good. Yeah. Like, OKC brought half their r- roster to Summer League, but that, that, that was a chemistry thing. It's not like they're still fighting for positions. They know that Giddy and um, – oh, what's he, the centre that they Holmgren. No, Holmgren. Holmgren. Oh. No, no, uh, Robinson Earl. They're going to be oh, in the yeah, team. Yeah. They're just brought there for chemistry to see how other guy f- guys fit beside them. So that's the only reason they were there. And so that that's not a bad thing. But OKC is not going to be in the playoffs this year either. So and Indiana sure ain't going to be in the East nope. either. So Indiana, Detroit, give me bad. Um, yep. It, Cleveland and the Bulls will be good-ish. Yep. Um, and uh, who's the other team? Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. They'll probably yep. be pretty good. Joe Ingles, Milwaukee. Yeah, they're probably going to be good. So we'll have to deal with that, but that's fine. i tell you what has been uh, keeping me entertained, though, outside what? of basketball. Yeah, uh, I'm just watching all – dude, I'm bored. I'm watching – I'm watching – yesterday I had to watch the third tier of the of U.S. soccer to just pass two ooh. hours in here, so that sucks. But what are, what are you getting into that's at least passing time for you? You know, I love me some Alex Jones for all the – all the right reasons rather than the wrong reasons. I love yeah. getting his ass handed to him. And he's currently in a court case to figure out damages um, for defaming the parents of a Sandy Hook victim. Um, they're in the damages phase. He lost the court case because of his ineptitude. It took and- four to five years for this case to finally see the light of day because he delayed and delayed and delayed. And, my God, the the witnesses in that court case are oh God. so awful. It is amazingly good. The corporate representatives for InfoWars are terrible. It is so good and it is so fun watching um, InfoWars go down. Now, I don't know how much the jury are going to award in damages, whether it's going to be $1 or the $150 million that they're asking for. 
but it's going to be great to see all of Alex's business being drawn through the mud. I mean, who can... How many, how many, I mean, I know there's Alex Jones sympathizers. Um, no, there are Alex Jones stands out there. They are stands, right? the true definition but, of stands. I mean, how many of them do jury duty is one thing you got to wonder. Well, yeah, uh, there, there wasn't a lot that raised their hand. The, it's not so much that. Recently, Alex Jones had a fan stand, Joe Rogan, perhaps, maybe not, donate $8 million in crypto, which helped him out with one of his fines that he was trying to pay and cover his legal costs in. Um, so there's some dark How money How nuts there. do you have to be to donate money to Alex Jones? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I, mean, I know, know you're saying Joe Rogan, but, it, I mean, so that's about a good level of nuts, but good Lord. Well, there's Ted, Ted Anderson, the gold baron, um, gold dealer who, who donates to Alex. Interesting thing about Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. Did you know that on the day of 9-11, Joe Rogan appeared on Alex Jones's show? Wow. This is Fear Factor Joe Rogan. This is post-news radio Joe Rogan. Um, he does so, push back so on Joe. Maybe ha- maybe has some hair. Maybe he did have hair. He does push yeah. back on Alex. I will give Joe credit. He's he's kind of the Joe Rogan that he imagines himself to be now, where he's holding Alex out and and sort of holding his feet to the fire, which he doesn't do these days. He's he's completely fucking a lost cause. But yeah, it's just interesting that they are that entwined that he was a guest. On uh, the 9/11. night of 9-11. Like, you could have had experts. This is before Alex was pushing um, that the towers didn't fall. His actual theory at the time was 99% sure the EU did it. The European Union brought down the Twin Towers. This is before he sure. was pushing that it was it was faked and everything else. Amazing. Yeah. Well, good, to, good to have, good to see those guys were have been friends for a long time. We, you know, we like to see it. Hey, we love when people are buddies for fifteen years, Tony. We, hey, we've probably known each other for what going on 10, 12 now. Yeah, I mean that's pretty good, right? But uh, how much harm have we spewed into this world? All we've spewed is is things about beer, and I think that's done the world good. I don't think we've we've caused harm to anybody. Unlike Joe Rogan and Alex Jones. The worst thing that I think could happen is somebody's mowing their lawn and, you know, isn't paying attention and sticks their hand into the clippers or something. Jesus Christ, people. Pay attention. They're laughing so so hard at something that that I said, I'm sure. Jesus Um, Christ, we're going to get a lawsuit now. I know. Yeah, I'm too funny. Uh, Tony, why don't we do a quick, uh, why don't we do a quick rundown here of the old discord? All right. Oh boy. What do we got here? Tony beer chat. I bet we got some of that. We sure sure do. And there are pictures Um, and all. Dude. (laughs) (laughs) I just got right to the Noid. That was the first thing I opened up to. Um, 
All right. We actually have some good stuff here. So we have Nick. I mean, of course, it's it's our guys. Our normal guys are out there drinking. And I'm jealous. So W2's picking up the big fat. Uh, um, what's this? Uh, Revolution Hall here. That's pretty good. Um, oh, Nick Torque does describe Rivet, <laughs> a.k.a. Rivet, um, is what he calls lawn mowing beer. It's the cheapest possible option, which you can only tolerate when it's glacier cold. I hear that. Yep. Uh, it's imported from Vietnam, and it's less than a dollar per can at Aldi. Ah. Now, Vietnam, There now what's the... Isn't there already a uh, no? That's Thai. Sing Singa Singha is Thai. Singha is Thai. There's a few yeah. different um, Southeast Asian brands that we're probably more familiar with. As our budget brands, they don't often get relabeled. But yeah, there are a few Southeast Asian brands that that fall under this same category. That that drink like water when they're ice cold. So yeah. they're they're quite passable as warm mow beers. See, I, that's where I think Oatinger is great. That that's Sort of, I love, I love Rivet or Aldi. Um, I don't know who makes this, but whoever whoever produces contracts it, uh, fucking contracting it to Vietnam because the people there are probably getting paid like seven cents an hour to <laughs> breathe the goddamn shit. Brutal. Um, what did, what did so W twos? He picked up all of the uh, deep woods that were available. I got all of these too. By the way, I did. I did say last week I wasn't able to get Thundertaker in the original drop. I did secure one. Thank you to our friends uh, over there um, in Chicago who who were able to mule it for me. I believe it was Kyle actually. Um, still don't like the Pistons though. Uh, so we have Thundertaker, Lumberstruck, and Coconut Deeth. We got some Sun Crusher. That's a nice, refreshing ale there. Oh, and a little four pack of uh, last year's Ryeway too. That's not bad. Uh, Cascade was at Verdant, and he just knew I would be jealous about it because I like these Verdant beers. Some nice pics of the Verdant uh, tap room here. Now, and the men- menu here looks good. Did you check out the um, the chalkboard of the beers, the the beer menu? Um, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Is there anything that caught your eye? Um, you I really got it. I see here. I'm really keen to try pigs all day. I'd like their, their take on a West yeah, Coast. Yeah, pigs all day would be one I would definitely get. The, the Hellas I would definitely get. Um, what is this one? Friend? Oh, that's a, maybe that's a guest. Uh, and then I like their hazies, so I would probably do one of these double IPA, yep, one of these like big hazies, like, the five, like 5 a.m. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> well... You'll have to tell us what you got, buddy. Um, uh, looks like you got the Hellas. So I nailed it there. Perfect. Uh, said it's really good. Um, Nick Talk with um, one Nick of these. Nick Talk giving some advice because he did live there, I guess. So unless you're driving, I'll start at. The, unless you're driving, I'd start at the bottom of the list and work upwards. <laughs> this man looks at a beer list and says, uh, how do I finish all of these? Trust me, that Amazing. is completely true. I have <laughs> consumed beer with the man a couple of times, and that is exactly how he thinks. Very IPA-heavy tap list, but that's fine when you're in deep cider country. Uh, UK Brewing offering two-thirds pints. That was never an option when he lived there. So, um, 
I, half pints were quite popular there when I was uh, when I was over there, uh, and and with um, Kelly would get offended when they would they would immediately give her a half pint. <laughs> As she should be. Do that. She's like, "This is dog shit." Yep. Why'd you do that? I want a full one. So she started clarifying to people, and some pubs would be like, "Well, why would we not give you a full one?" And she's like, "Because people are giving me a half one." What the fuck? Um. Anyways, uh, so uh, Nick also drinking some Colonial Autumn Ale. Yeah, that I uh, had to exciting. catch autocorrect from calling it Autism Ale. That's not <laughs> nice. Um. Uh, are you familiar with this brewery, Tony? I'm very familiar with the brewery. They um, they have a lot of stuff that I really like. They have a great Kolsch, which is their their core. I really think of it as their core beer. They just call it draft, but it is a Kolsch. Um, really a fan of of that beer in particular. I like some of their other styles. I would be interested in trying this. This looks like an amber ale, which is which is interesting. Um, but the next one down is what I'm excited yeah, what you with. Got there, yeah. Because um, Nick picked up the Brick Lane Trilogy of Fear. I think he picked up, uh, maybe he only picked up two of the three offerings. I was able to pick up all three. I haven't had any yet, but I am excited to try them. Brick Lane is a brewery that I don't like the majority of the stuff that they put out, but their barrel-aged stout program is phenomenal. Their Trilogy of Fear every year is rock solid and... I'm excited, and and Nick actually mentions that it was better than the Hawkers. And again, I don't. I think Hawkers are good for barley wines, but when we get into yeah. stout territory, I'm not as big a fan of Hawker stouts as I am their barley wines and saisons and stuff like that. But I'm excited to try all three of the Brick Lane beers this year. I've had them previous years, and they've never disappointed. All right. Uh, yeah, this does look good as hell. And he said it's one of his favorites. Uh, this says it's among the best he's ever had. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. Even better than the Hawker ones. So, not bad. Um, uh, Corey did ask him to tell us a little more. There's a little pizza situation going on here. So what do we got? We got some. Um, oh, he just got a pizza for his kid. Yep. Okay. Oh, he dislikes pizza. Which is so he weird. Just like pizza, coconut, and bananas. Yeah. All right. I knew about his his, oh. his uh, hatred of coconut and bananas, and the banana thing goes like crazy deep. But I, some I people tr- just hate that taste. I mean, I understand that, especially the taste of modern bananas. I, I mean, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with that entire. I mean, I don't disagree. I disagree with it because I eat bananas. I, yeah. I don't mind them. They're fine with for me, but. Uh, coconut, eh, well, to each their own, I guess. I, I just love coconut, and I like pizza, too. So what, what, am I, thing, what are we going to do? Is pizza such a broad category? Like, does he not like bread? Because some pizzas are like bread. Maybe he doesn't like margarita pizza or shitty Australian pizza. Or surely he's got to find something in there that he likes because it's so broad. I, I've, I've tried to argue this with Nick. I've never been able to win him over, but... Uh, I'm a believer that pizza is so broad, there's going to be something in there that he has to like. Just something's going to be delicious. So we do have a petition to start a pizza porn channel. I uh, I suppose I could. Um, uh, Corey does clarify, not in an erotic way, uh, not a sex pervert. I am not a sex pervert. And then Grammar Pierce posted, 
an image fr- from the internet that exists is Pornhub <laughs> has a category maybe called pizza porn, <laughs> which is like, which is like the, you remember, you ever, yeah. Tony, I mean, I know you've seen these. Of course the, the man puts, the, puts his dick in the pizza box, you know, and, or whatever. Uh, I don't I think it was called big sausage pizza Something is the name that. of the, Yeah. I'm more disturbed uh, by the one down below it, though. The, yeah, the so we got a gif of the Noid doing the double jerk-off hands, Donald Trump style. <laughs> um, pretty impressive. W2s um, with something super W2's hazy. drinking hazy beer at Mars. Voting was at the old Sox doubleheader. We had Max Allotment drinking smoked jackfruit IPA. You got to be nuts. Now, um, but this carton... Um, starts with a pineapple citrus vibe over a nice malt, over a light malt frame, spicy hop finish with bitterness tempered by subtle but lingering smoky note. Think soft beechwood as opposed to sharp mesquite or hickory. A bit strange, but a nice drinker. Interesting. Yeah. I'm the only issue I have is with like jackfruit. Jackfruit is one of these fruits that I think is uninteresting. I think it's yeah, trendy. It's tame. I mean, that's why people use it as like vegan meat yeah. because it shreds nice, but it has really no flavor, you know. Now I I, I am on board for the um, the Roush IPA trend if it can be done right. I think smoked IPAs have a place. Sort of more that West Coast sure. light smoke thing that I know Kelly mm. will hate. But She I'm, will not like that, no. No. But I'm I'm kind of all in on that, so I think um, and we have one. We have another banana hater. Lastly, on the, in this channel is PMAC says he'd rather live out his days on a diet of dirt than eat a single banana. That's amazing to me. So we got Australians are not eating not eating nanners. That's this, all right. This person is. I'm I'm getting my potassium served for the two of you right here. Banana on wheat picks of the morning is the way to go. And I tell you what. Those two, during the summertime, do yourself a favour, try a Barney banana. They're in, in what we would call an icy pole, but they're, they're dairy-based. It's like a popsicle that's dairy-based, um, and it's banana flavour. Those things are delicious. Um, just a couple more things I want to – actually, it's just one more thing <laughs> I really want to hit in here before we uh, – Is it in the kitchen? On, it is in the kitchen – um, and I accidentally clicked on the link, which I didn't want to do. But did you uh, fart while clicking on the link? I wish. I was farting a lot yesterday, dude. It was because it was all coming. All, everything was ending. Like I was just, yep. COVID was coming out somehow. <laughs> and it was just uh, it was just eating up my my tum-tum there. It was, it was brutal. So this is from, I don't know what this... <laughs> website is bold b-o-l-d-e and the head and the headline of the story is man who hasn't stopped farting since eating ham roll in 2017 is stewing for $250,000 so a british man who claims he's been dealing with uncontrollable flatulence since eating a ham roll from a christmas market in 2017 is suing for nearly 2k Tyrone Prades, uh, 46, says he's never been the same 
sense, and his wind is so bad, it often wakes him up in the night. Um, so he's, uh, it doesn't say what company it is. Uh, oh my God, there are plugs in the article. There are ads in the article on this, dude. It's wild. Um, uh, they sold him the ham roll, so Prades believes they're liable for the physical damage he's experienced since. He believes that damage is worth nearly a quarter million dollars. After buying the ham, he fell. After buying the ham roll at the Christmas market, he fell ill in a few hours. He said it got progressively worse, leaving Prades with a high-grade fever and severe diarrhea. Oh no! <laughs> uh, he was in bed for five weeks afterwards. This wasn't your normal case of food poisoning. Robert, his lawyer Robert Parkin, claims he was laid up for more than a month after contracting salmonella. He goes on to say others were affected, although it's... Un- okay, so that's an important part of the story to know. Yes. Uh, he goes on to say that others were affected, although it's unclear whether or not there are suits. Um, the claimant continues to suffer from excessive flatulence, which causes him a great deal of embarrassment. The symptoms are primarily fatigue and altered bowel function associated with churning within his abdomen and flatulence. The claimant's stomach continues to make frequent churning noises to the extent his sleep can become disrupted. Um, what a- and the stall has been closed because there had to be a public health investigation. So be careful eating at the Christmas markets, gang. Yeah, I get that it's food poisoning, and I, I get that there may be ongoing side effects, but I cannot imagine that the fletchle, fletch, the farting alone is cause enough yeah. for that amount of money. What is he suing for as a actual physical damages? Has he had to go and see doctors about this or is he suing for punitive damages? Um, well, he's in England, so the doctors ain't costing him anything out of pocket anyways. Yeah, you cannot tell me that it's worth that impunitive damages. <laughs> Fuck, I could blame the last thing that went into my mouth all the time because I fart constantly. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm a human being. Yep. It's just always happening. Hey, you should go. Hey, go to Iceland. They will burp right in your face. It's amazing. Uh, They don't care. It's just part of the part of the deal. Um, But I I guess I'm curious as to what this guy's life is like. I mean, it it does sound miserable. I'll be honest. Yep. That is just like farting and your stomach going like 100% of the time. That's pretty brutal, dude. Like you ate like you just ate like a giant, like a full tub of yogurt or something. Um, all right, Tony, let's do a quick uh, beers and lager of the week here. Okay, we can get on to that. Let's do, let's do lager. This Chris, yes. lager of the week. Chris, lager of the week. I only have one choice because I really haven't been doing a lot of drinking this week, Tony, and I guess that's Goldfinger uh, pills again. So I, it's yeah. still really good and I love it. But that's uh, uh, that was probably the last lager I drank, and I would say it fits into the week because it was Friday, and today is Wednesday, so we'll go with it. How about you, Tony? None, well, none other than my normal um, lager consum- consumption, so let's move yeah. on. We haven't got time for the whole thing today. Blah, 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 blah. 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 We know where it goes. Yep. Yep. Uh, Tony, how about some beers you drank? 
I I do have some beers that I consumed. The number one, without a doubt, has to be with a bullet. With a bullet, Casey Kasem style. Be kind, rewind from your friends and mine. Well, Pmax friends, Mountain Culture. It's a oh, yeah. hazy IPA. Um, it drinks magnificently well. Um, hazy, delicious, fruity. Uh, it's one of the few times I ticked off every box, you know, with the flavour profiles that they put in on Untapped. I, I normally mm. only click on like two of those because most of the time they're wrong. But everything that yep. was up there, it, it was correct. Uh, let me bring up the beer. Um, we'll do a quick Untrapped. What started out as a taproom right. experiment with Sabro and Vic Secret Hops quickly became one of our most popular beers thanks to its pillowy mouthfeel, hazy and tropical notes. The n- name is a nod to our Katoomba Brewery's mm. former life as a civic video store, which is kind of like Blockbusters. Um, okay. And while yep. we may longer be rewinding videos, it's a sense, it's the sentiment of paying it forward, a kind gesture to a stranger is as timeless as this New England IPA. It is hazy. It is soft. It has passion fruit, orange. Um, it's delicious. Uh, What's the alcohol on it? The alcohol on it is 7.3%. There are 3,200 check-ins. Mm. Mm. This will be a four four point. Four point two four. Fuck you, good at this game. Fuck four point two nine. Now, mm, all right. One of my friends checked it in. Who was that? Was that you, PMAC? I think it might have been PMAC. There you go. Yeah, it was PMAC. He checked it in Perfect. in uh, twenty twenty. So the um the photo he's got behind his is a very different can to can to what it is now it is delicious i'm sure p mac will agree there we go griff what about yourself Killer. what was your beer of the week man um i'm thinking back i guess i would go with i got a couple let me let me throw a couple out real quick i had um on friday before everything came crashing down i had uh a nice uh, sour, actually, from uh, from astronomy. I, I'm trying to remember how to say the name. It was a it had sort of a, so it was uh, done with a uh, Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf is a Detroit style pizza place and tiki bar that is here, um, which is uh, owned by an old friend of astronomy's and a friend of myself. And it is uh, based on a cocktail called the, aha, there it is, it, uh, called the Painkiller. I'm familiar um, with it. It's a tiki drink, very strong tiki drink. It's called the Paina Painkiller. And uh, it has uh, coconut, pineapple, orange, and nutmeg. And it was really tasty, 4.5%, uh, a really nice... <laughs> little sour by the gang over at astronomy. Um, I also drank a, uh, stout 
I think in the middle of the week, maybe after we recorded, I had a Vim uh, from uh, from Half Acre, which is like actually it's a porter. It's like an imperial porter aged in bourbon barrels. Very simple, absolutely delicious. <laughs> Excuse me. Very very straightforward. Really good, um, and just like a lot of barrel flavor. So couldn't complain about that either. So those are probably my two favorites. Um. Oh, yeah. And I'll be excited to open beer again. It's going to be great yeah. to drink beer again, hopefully tomorrow. Now, I do have some Hawker stuff in the fridge along with the Trilogy of Fear. So I've got an exciting week of beer coming up. So look right. out for those check-ins on Untapped. I'm St. Moz on Untapped, and here's Griff AD on Untapped if you want to see our That's check-ins right. almost live or live in some cases. Yeah. If, you're, uh, a, I, I, if you're drinking in a tap room and – Griff checks in a, what were you checking in? <laughs> and they came and found you and thanked you for your check-in. Oh, I was drinking the Mambo Italiano from Microphone. Yeah, they came and shook my hand. So that would be great if you could, yeah. If, you, if, if I'm at a brewery and you uh, uh, see that I check in a beer and you're a brewer, please come shake my hand and tell me thank you for enjoying your beer. Okay, Got another beer for you on Untapped. Um, there are comes in at four point seven ABV. Mm-hmm. Says no IBUs. I think that's a lie. But mm-hmm. brewed by one of Australia's leading brewmasters in Vietnam, Rive is a full flavoured, traditionally mm-hmm. brewed, award winning lager at a great price. LD okay. supports the responsible serving of alcohol. Four hundred sure. and oh, six hundred and fifty-two check-ins. Three oh, not many in the last month. How? Ma- what do you think the score for Rivet Lager is on Untapped? Uh, I'm gonna. Oh boy, this is always tough. I'm gonna say like a two point eight five. I cannot give it to you. You went way too high. It was 2.42. See, I was worried about that. 2.35 was my other option. I was torn between those two. (laughs) I was like, it's either going to have the, like, uh, total dog shit or it's going to have the Miller High Life dog shit. I couldn't figure it out. So, yeah, there you go. Um, All right, Tony, how about a quick batch of news here? Let's do that. All right, I wanted to do news because there is some relatively big news today. Um, so this is from Good Beer Hunting, uh, Cape Bernat, who I, we often cite on here. But also I did read it on Twitter first from some guys, so they will not get cited now. Sorry. Um, the Night Shift has stopped brewing in its Everett, Massachusetts uh, production facility and will be outsourcing production in order to save the company. So, Tony, had you heard of Night Shift Brewing? I, I think we might have mentioned it in, in passing yeah. on the show, but I can't say I'm super familiar with, with their product a reasonably, a reasonably large brewery in, in the, on the East Coast, um, probably in about 12 or 15 states. Uh, they told employees that they're going to be ceasing uh, operations at the Everett, Massachusetts facility in order to stay in business. Uh, so they'll be forming an alternating proprietorship to make night shift uh, beers and their hard seltzers at 
Jack's Abbey and Isle Brewers Guild, which I believe is in Rhode Island. Um, so they've, they've been having, they've, they've sort of had sort of the, we'll call it the standard story. They, they're stuck in the middle. They're in that regional brewery size. They're not huge national brewer, but they're not small tap room producer. They're 10th in Um, the Massachusetts area. Um, and they only distribute to 12 states. Um, interesting point, Jack's Abbey and Isle Brewing Brewers Guild, they were already doing half the production anyway. Yeah, that's right. That was true. Um, so they're, they're just moving more production over there. The straw that broke the camel's back was what was really interesting to me, to, though, Tony, is that there is, they had the inability to source any carbon dioxide, which is necessary for carbonating beer. Um, so without CO2, they couldn't package and sell any more beer, a problem that isn't threatening night shift in other breweries for two years with shortages in the gas beginning at the outset of the pandemic. So I'd like to go down here. So I would say overall, the reason this is happening is not because of the CO2 issue, but because of sort of a just market issues in general and sort of the overzealousness to expand. Um, But the CO2 thing and the setup of their brewery is really interesting. And I wanted to go down and try to explain that um, because it was just interesting to me. So maybe this is boring, but um, I, I wanted to uh, find, where is this? So, right okay, here it is. It's in, it's in okay. So uh, over the, over the, no, this is, uh, oh, here it is. I found it. Uh, okay. It was the carbon dioxide shortage that, uh, so there's a nationwide, potentially a worldwide carbon dioxide shortage. I think it's at least nationwide. Uh, actually, it is just nationwide because we have we're supposed to have some sort of agreement with Europe to help us source this stuff. And they're not um, on your side. And it proved to be the well. <laughs> but um, boom! Come on, nationwide uh, is on uh, your side. That's right. Oh yeah. How do you? How do you? Do you guys have nationwide no, insurance? I, um, I know the ads. Oh. Night Shift was informed last week by American Gas Products that its scheduled shipment of carbon dioxide would be delayed. As the days passed, it became clear that uh, no shipment would be forthcoming. It had been unable to source this beer from other supplier, and without carbon dioxide to carbonate beer, the brewer cannot package and then sell its beer. Well, no shit, right? Yep. Um, but they have kind of a, a adding up amount of issues here. So the other I- issue with that is, right, well, just put it back in the tank, right? Because just, you're just going to have to put it in the bright tank. Well, their facility is oddly small. And they can't, so they can't store, they can't even store enough cans. So they have to get can shipments timed out like one or two or, or, or like a week before they're going to package at the most because they don't have room for cans. They also don't have room for, for tanks, <coughs> excuse me. And they don't have enough room to put this beer into a tank or a bright tank or something to wait while they wait to carb it. Um, yep. So it's just, it's just, uh, it's turned out really unpleasant for them. It's crazy. Now, I was thinking, and Coopers are famous for doing can and bottle condition, and and that's fine for some styles. But I was actually thinking, perhaps this isn't just an issue for carbing beers, because that's primarily what CO2 is used for. 
But perhaps it also has to do with the handling of highly hot beers because often they're using CO2 blankets and the right. like to to make sure that the hops are handled correctly. Um, I think you're right. I think they were, were just caught in a loop between their supply chain with cans and with CO2 and lack of space. And unless you're willing to expand to get around those issues, I don't see what other issue it had. Now, what does this mean for the business as an ongoing concern going forward? It doesn't sort of mention it other than that there's going to be a restructuring. Do you think it'll be a brand that that will go back to these to this tap room and, and brewery or do you think it, it's going to be a contract brewery going forward or this is going to be a short-term thing and they're going to finish up? I mean, I think either, I think their only option in my mind, I don't, I don't know, is to either, um, I don't know if you can stay that size that they are, you know what I mean? It's really hard to manage your books at the size that they're at. So I wonder if you don't downsize, um, and become something else. Uh, I don't know what that looks like, but I think business model changes are probably, you know, I know those are already happening when you have to lay people off and you have to, you know, move out of a facility and stuff. But if you're going to have the business exist, I don't, I don't think contract brewing your beer is an effective solution in a long term. It's just not to me. I don't know who's doing that really well for a really, really long time, you know, well, didn't or at least Mik- not prof- profitably. Didn't Mikola do that for a long time? Oh, yeah, they did, but they didn't have any employees. It was like him, right? So yeah. they, they had only employees at the tap rooms. So you could do that if you only just if, if you only have tap rooms, right? So maybe they could do that, but I don't think their, brew, their beer has a following like Mickler's beer does either. And they're also, it's a whole different world now, right? So yeah. Mickler was like the only meaningful brewery or beer producer in Denmark. <laughs> uh, they changed the, they changed beer. And I mean, I know Almager is there and stuff and Nora bro and a couple others, but they were a huge deal. They're making American style beer and bringing all these other like American style products in. Yep. Um, it was a whole other world then. I just think now, boy, that's a real, real big mountain to climb these days, you know, and, and they had, and it was small too, right? You didn't have to distribute to, um, 12 states worth of cans, you know, I don't know. It's just different. Yep. Gotcha. Um, I, I think, I, I don't know what business they're going to, I guess I'm also interested in how this CO2 thing affects them on the East coast going forward and in the whole country, frankly, yep. our other breweries, I presume other breweries, especially in places like Massachusetts where they have weird ass buildings and everything's old and small. Um, they're going to have trouble with this shit, right? <laughs> I mean, I sure are. Is Jack's Abbey going to be able to source enough CO2? Yes. You know, I guess is something I'm saying. And if they're going to be making twice as much beer, do they have enough? I guess they have enough tank space for it. It sounds like they're not concerned about that. Because breweries of that size, um, they have supply chains with more flexibility built into them. They have more storage for when things like can deliveries and CO2 deliveries don't go through. So I think they'll be absolutely fine. And they have bigger contracts in the first place. 
and contracts that probably have better lawyers because they've got more leverage to actually enforce the contracts in the first place. So they're probably not in any danger of getting their CO2 delivery because their contracts are watertight, which is potentially hurting these medium-sized breweries. And that's not a knock on them. They're, they're looking after themselves as they should, and that's why I think they'll be fine. When you get to that larger stage as Jack's Abbey, because they, they're a, a brewery and a name that I know on a national level, their supply chains would be more watertight as far as a contract standpoint goes. So I don't see any concerns there really for the yeah. extra 19,000 barrels. But Jack's Abbey... Jack's Abbey's probably regional in nature as well. I mean, I wouldn't call them. I mean, they do. They probably distribute farther than Night Shift, but it's not. It's not. I'm not. I can't find Jack's Abbey. I couldn't find it in Illinois. You know, um, it's great. I, I actually love it. I love um, some of their beers. <laughs> They're really. I think it's Framing Hammer. It's a delicious beer. Uh, they make almost all lager. It's all really good. But. Um, we, we couldn't find, I would buy it every time I was in Massachusetts. So, uh, speaking of national breweries, Tony, I thought this was interesting. I didn't look at this full list or anything. It was full story, but, um, so there's, uh, there was a tweet I saw is from this guy, Dave, Dave Infante, who I believe is a, um, guy involved in the beer world in some meaningful way. But, um, he said, we need a full and complete shutdown of New Belgium's product innovation and branding teams until the rest of the industry can figure out what's going on. Uh, he's a beer writer for Vine Fair. And this, uh, this says, uh, Juice Force hits heights. The number seven in craft, it's the number seven craft brand in cans for four weeks. It's the number three New Belgium brand year to date. So not even Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA flew so high so fast. Uh, less than seven months after takeoff, New Belgium's new Hazy Imperial IPA Juice Force is already the number three craft brand by dollars in an IRI track in IRI tracked uh, stores for four for the four weeks um, from July 10th. It's bigger than Sierra's Hazy Little Thing, and behind only uh, uh, Voodoo Ranger Imperial and Blue Moon. It's number three. It's the number 57 beer brand overall uh, during the four-week period, which is crazy. Um, and it has a 1.6 share of craft dollars. Almost, I mean, it rounds up to 2%. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the number seven craft brand across broader multi-outlet. So that's crazy. Yeah. So um, now, obviously, New Belgium has distribution beyond you know most breweries wildest yeah. dreams right but um holy shit you know i know hazy ipas are very popular it timed that out it, it managed to get that late but still right um although it's probably hitting like the mainstream pretty heavy right now um there's probably the component that we shouldn't discount which this beer probably does taste good um New Belgium does have a habit of making beers that taste good, you know? Yes. It seems do. to be something they're good at. Um, and uh, so I'm guessing that has something to do with it, but that's crazy to have your brand shoot up like that after it seven is. months. I mean, that's nuts. Now, Hazy Little Thing is available in Australia. I haven't had it yet. 
is it worth like picking up a can? I don't know. Like that's fine. Sure, a can. Yeah, I don't know what's it cost. Oh, say similar to Voodoo Ranger. Like Voodoo Ranger is. I have to go the next can over to get Sierra Nevada, but Voodoo Ranger is available in my Richies. That's that's a core item that they it's hold good. in their range. Yeah, it is good. Tastes, tastes good. Yep, I could get um, that for when they have their they have a weekly special on a Thursday, and you get a can for three bucks, no matter what it is. And they had Voodoo Ranger for three dollars a can, I, which is damn good. I doubt. So this says C stores. So C stores tend to mean con- convenience stores. So like your Seven Elevens and stuff. So yep. what what this tells me is, and what I would tell you about Hazy Little Thing, which is a nice beer. Um, it's a really really great beer that you can buy in a Seven Eleven. I mean that's that's pretty amazing, right? You can buy yep. a nice Hazy IP, IPA in the Seven Eleven. Isn't so that if you're in, <laughs> If you're in the worst place on earth, you can go get, you can still probably get a hazy little thing, you know? Yeah. Pretty good. Um, and that's probably, I don't know about this beer. Maybe it's better, worse. I don't know. It's beating, it's beating hazy little things. So it's, it's probably higher alcohol is it, what it that probably tells me. Is. And um, it's probably got better can yeah. art because um, Voodoo it, Ranger it has great, does, yeah. great can art well, as I mean, well. Let's, let's peep, let's peep the rating. We have, we have a little time here. What? Let's see, we got a, what's it, Juice Force? I didn't even look it up. Uh, Juice Force, what do you think the rating is on this? Nine and a half, nine and a half percent. What? Oh, fuck you up. Uh, 26 and a half thousand check-ins. Um, 3.94. Yeah, you got it. 3.97. Yes. Um, but that's pretty good. You know, that's a good rating for a beer that you buy in the 7-Eleven, you know. Hazy little thing has a and hazy little thing is only going to be like six percent i think 6.7 it's got a 3.79 but it's got 285,000 check-ins um so 10 times as many but you know these big brands this is the thing right so night shift i had some night shift hazy ipa i didn't care for it too much you know night shift stuff best stuff was clear they they tended to make better lager. Yep. Um, if you're on the East Coast, don't drink don't drink night shift hazy IPA. Go find some fucking Trillium, bro. I mean, or some you know Hetty or whatever you know Treehouse. But I bet I would guess this beer tastes better than the ones that night shift makes, <laughs> and that's probably one of the issues. You know what I mean from a yep. hazy standpoint. So if you're just making too many brands that aren't that good. Somebody's just going to go like, well, I can just buy this. It's half the price, you know, and I can buy it at the fucking uh, uh, 7-Eleven, you know. It's wild. You're going to be able to drink that 10% beer on a plane someday, and that's that's disturbing. Yeah, it is because it's not going to be a small can. I was thinking, well, they drink wine and red wine on a plane. And whiskey, but they're always in smaller contained serving sizes than like a. Yeah, they do not give you. Ounce. They tend not to give you a pint of whiskey. Yeah, they tend to just give you a little, uh, you know, fucking whatever that thing is—a two-ounce little uh, thing. Yeah, bottle there, mini bar. Cool. Well, there you go. Yep. You can get real. You're gonna you someday. You'll be able to get real fucked up on a frontier flight, probably because it's coming from Denver or something. Uh, all right, Tony, 
uh, we're gonna we're gonna forego the game today. Yep. What due to me being oh I'm sleepy. Um, I need to get my rest so I can get better and start drinking IPAs again. Um, but why don't why don't we wrap this up? Why don't you tell people where they can find us? Huh? They can find us on Untapped. Here's Griff AD. I'm. As I hit the microphone with my glass, I'm fart. That was a fart. He's got. He's got. He ate a ham roll. (laughs) That was my face almost being shredded by my microphone. That was the my glasses frame running across the microphone. Um, But um, I'm Saint Moz on Untapped. If you want to see some photographs, you can do that on Instagram. We are at Beer Engine Pod. Send us an email to complain about the lack of games at Beer Engine Show at gmail dot com. Um, or if you were actually encouraged by the fact that we didn't do games and want to send us some money, you can do that at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast. Griff. And if you contact us on any of those ways, maybe send us a note on Instagram, maybe send us an email. Uh, I will be glad to respond with the links to our discord. So you can come hang out with us there and uh, maybe yeah. get uh, mentioned on the show as a piece of the free content that our many uh, listeners on there, <laughs> listeners on there tend to tend to pass off on us. So, all right, Tony, I managed to give you an hour. That's pretty good. Yep. You sound um, like death. It's time to yeah, let oh, you yeah, go. Falling apart. Let's uh let's wrap this thing up. I'm gonna go watch some vampires on TV and then maybe hit the hay. So what kind of vampires? Like Buffy, uh, Angel? Nah, funny vampires. It's the oh. it's what we do in the shadows. It's a show about oh. funny va- funny vampires. Yep. I'm familiar. Check with it, it out. Very funny. All right, guys. Until next week, when I'm fully uh, uh repaired and I come up with the world's funniest game, uh, we will talk then. Bye bye. Arrivederci.